AJ Aitken is in his third season as the women's hockey coach of the St. Norbert College Green Knights. In his first season, he led the Green Knights, a team that hadn't had a winning season in five years, to the NCHA playoffs in 2020. Aitken played his college hockey at Michigan Tech from 1997 to 2000 before arriving in De Pere years later as an assistant under head coach Tim Coughlin, where he coached on three national championship winning teams in 2008, 2011, and 2012. At the time of this interview, A.J. Aitken currently has his Green Knight women's hockey team in first place in the NCHA. Now, here is the Tony G Show interviews, A.J. Aitken. Joining me today, my guest for the Tony G Show is the St. Norbert College women's hockey coach, A.J. Aitken. I'd like to thank you, A.J., for taking the time to speak with me on this bye week of yours and talk about your background and and everything you know about hockey. So thanks for coming to join me on the Tony G Show. Yeah, yeah, thanks for asking me. This is uh, definitely pretty cool, my first podcast, and uh, this is this is great. Uh, I love it. I'm glad to introduce you to the podcasting world on uh, this interview today. I want to start off, there's a lot of questions that I have about your background and your story, but let me get a sense of how you started playing hockey. You're from Fort McMurray, correct? Yeah, Fort McMurray. Um, uh, if you look on a map, it's pretty far north. It's, uh, it's in northern Alberta. Um, so basically there's, uh, there's one road in, there's one road out, right? So we're, we're north of Edmonton, about five hours, uh, oil sands industry. So we had the big, uh, plants, uh, Syncrude and Suncor, uh, I would say about a little less than 30,000 growing up. Um, uh, obviously hockey was, was the big sport up there in Northern Alberta. There's a, you know, outdoor rink, like there's a basketball, you know, court or, you know, around here and, um, you know, just growing up, uh, it was a hockey hotbed. Um, a lot of good players come out of Fort Mac. Um, you know, today, obviously, it's a, it was in a big uh, oil boom town, and it's just a little less than 100,000 now. So it's tremendous growth since I left, right? So, yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a great experience growing up. Everyone knew everybody, and a uh, uh, very good sports town. Hockey's pretty popular up there as well. So I can imagine that it was probably just built into your childhood to start playing. And- it was. So I grew up, Tony, uh, during the uh, Edmonton Oilers dynasty, where Wayne Gretzky and, and, and Paul Coffey, when they won those four uh, Stanley Cups. So, you know, we were living it during that time. We were obviously, you know, very fortunate to grow up through that. But, uh, you know, you look back on it, you know, there's that that team was just, uh, you know, very good. Even with the you know, Battle of Alberta and Calgary, there's just so much uh, good hockey at that time. And we grew up in that era. In one season, you attained 46 goals, 48 assists as the AJHL MVP in 1996. How does one attain that amount of points? Yeah, that's a... Uh... That's a great stat. You know, you bring back some good memories. Um, I was very fortunate to play for my hometown junior hockey. So uh, the typical path, once you finish high school in Canada, you can go play junior hockey. So it's basically three years out of high school. And, uh, you know, for, for me at that time, I, you know, I wanted to play in the NHL. I mean, that was yeah. my goal. And um, I didn't know much about college hockey at the time, but uh, I, I played uh, my junior hockey in, in Fort McMurray. And that year particularly, I, I was a senior, uh, you know, a veteran guy. Uh, my last year of, you know, playing junior hockey before I had to move on to play college. And, you know, for me, I was the captain that year. We had, we had a really good team. And, uh, you know, for me, the, the puck was just going to the net, you know, and, and I just found ways to, 
you know, keep scoring that year. And, and, you know, and I was looking around and I was seeing some of my uh, line mates uh, getting uh, college opportunities. Uh, one went to Alaska. Uh, I was very fortunate, actually, Tony, to play with the uh, number one overall pick in 1996 with Chris Phillips. He had 19 years with the Ottawa Senators. Um, typically, he would go on to play in the in the uh, uh, WHL, but he had some family. Uh, mom had MS, dad had diabetes, and, and he stuck around for an extra year. So I got to get to play with him, and that was a really cool experience. And uh, um, But, yeah, that year, uh, you know, I just had a re- really good season. Ended up getting a Division One opportunity to uh, Michigan Tech uh, University, but I remember losing in um, you know the s- seven game against uh, a team from Edmonton, and that would head on to uh, play in the national championship. But uh, it was th- definitely a fun year. You said you wanted to play in the NHL, and you know I can echo that effect. Being a young athlete, you're like, I want to do this at the highest level. When was that moment that it hit you? Maybe I'm going to have to start thinking about something else and plan for something different than being an NHL hockey player. Right when I got to college, when I got to Michigan Tech, I was thinking, wow, there's a lot of good hockey players <laughs> out here, you know, and I came uh, out of junior hockey riding high, you know, I thought I was going to do that same thing in college. And uh, when I got there, I looked around and I just saw some just really good you know, elite players playing, uh, playing in the WCHA, heading into Wisconsin, you know, heading into uh, North Dakota. And I was like, wow, um, there's a lot of good hockey players, especially in the college ranks. And I thought this is a, uh, I'm very fortunate to be playing college hockey and, and getting my education. And I didn't know where it was going to go. You know, I just felt like that was the moment where making the NHL is, is really tough, yeah, you know, and yeah. playing junior hockey, you know, being a youth, you know, that's your dream. And those are, those are great dreams. And obviously I want my kids to have those type of dreams, but at the end of the day, there's just so many good athletes out there and particularly in, in hockey at that time, I, I thought, boy, oh boy, it's, you're going to have to need the stars aligned to get to that level. Still on you as a player, instead of a coach, we'll get to the coaching in a moment here, but as a player, and, and a coach too. You have a handful of championships. I mean, you've been on a couple championship winning teams. We'll start with the CHL. What experience did you gain from being a two-time champion in that league? Yeah, those that, that was probably one of my fondest memories playing the CHL. That was a that was a crazy road. Um, when I left college, I I felt like I had more to give. I didn't have a great senior year. I thought I had more hockey in me. I ended up actually going down to Pittsburgh, and and my wife now she had a job down there, and, and I ended up in Pittsburgh working for. Um, um, this, this is a great story. Uh, uh, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins staff got fired. Troy Ward, Kevin Constantine, and they were working out of this rink down there. And oh. I just I just walked in and said, "Hey, uh, can I help out wherever you need it?" And, and they brought me on staff, and I was just basically training and working hockey camps down there. And the rink owner at the time, the manager was Dave Hansen, like the Hansen brothers. Oh yeah, yep. he was a real Hansen, and. Uh, so I got to train with his kid down there and uh, had a great experience. And he actually got me in the uh, Johnstown camp, the Chiefs, right? So right at a slap shot, right? So I went, <laughs> I went, I went to camp, and it was just surreal. And had a really good camp, and I was really prepared to try my hand at little pro hockey. And uh, didn't make the team, but uh, coach loved me, and he, he um, gave me an opportunity to head down to the Central League, played for the Macon Whoopie, yeah. all right, down in uh, Macon, Georgia. And it's just, again, it's just a, a crazy experience, but a lot of good hockey players. And uh, end up finding myself uh, playing for Memphis, uh, got traded, uh, um, you know, right in the new year. And um, didn't think, I thought I had probably two weeks left in my hockey career. And uh, just, it was a good team. They were, they were top of the league. I didn't know where I was going to fit. I was a rookie. Uh, but you know what? Started the scoring. Uh, I found a role. Third line center. Coach really loved me and uh, yeah, ended up uh, having a, a really good season that year. He wanted me back and then uh, went on a couple championship runs with uh, 
with Memphis, we were affiliated with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs at the time. So any young kid that came in to the Toronto organization, they kind of started through the uh, Central, um, you know, Memphis River Kings, and then made their way up to the American League, and then uh, end up, you know, we had a couple of guys that went right to we call it the show NHL, and um, you know. I had a couple of line mates that were really tough. Riley Cote played for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers and um, ended up, you know, again, tough, tough role being a fighter. Uh, but I had a great experience. Yeah, I didn't win. I hadn't won anything since that, uh, you know, my first, you know, CHL championship with the Memphis River Kings. And when we won it, I just remember how hard it was to, uh, you know, win something like that. Uh, we came back. The next year had the same nucleus of guys, added a couple guys, and and we went on a tremendous run again and won a back-to-back uh, championships. And um, you know it was just a great experience being on a championship team and, and just the journey that we went through and the memories that we have. And you know the guys that I still connect with today is you know we talk about those uh, runs. I mean that's what uh, uh, 20 years ago now, man. And we just you know you look on Facebook and guys posting stuff still yeah. about it. it. It was just such an awesome experience. A question that grew in your response. You know, you've been all over the place. You've been up in Canada. You've been Pittsburgh, Georgia. How does the love and passion for hockey change from region to region to region? Is it always the same? Now you're up here in Wisconsin. Is there one certain love for hockey that, you know, if there's a hockey team somewhere in some sort of region, Georgia or Pittsburgh, it's going to be the same? Or is it different from region to region? It's really the same. Uh, I just think uh, hockey, the sport, has just given me so much to my life and, and, and where I'm at today, right? Like, it's just, you know, it, it's always been a big part of my life growing up as, as a kid, uh, playing uh, just in the outdoor rinks. And then, um, you know, for me, Fort McMurray is a lot of travel. We spend a lot of time on the bus with parents and, and your teammates, and you just you, you grow that family. And then, like I said, playing my in my hometown junior hockey, we spend a lot of time on the bus because the closest – the closest road trip was five hours, you know, so we, we really had a special bond uh, growing up in northern uh, in Alberta. And then, you know, obviously play, going to Michigan Tech was was a great family as well and a, and a great experience. It's kind of uh, up in the UP and, you know, we had a lot of tri- trips together and, you know, you just that, that family aspect. I think hockey players, they just want an opportunity. They, they'll go play anywhere. You know, you're playing Flim Flam, Manitoba, you know, the northern part. And, you know, if there's an opportunity, that you're going to love it. Even if you're down south in, uh, you know, Georgia, if there's hockey and uh, people rally around you, you just, you're just with a family. And I think it's just wherever you're at and you have a good opportunity, I think uh, hockey's the same, where, same anywhere else. I think uh, I've never played overseas, but um, it must be a cool experience as well. been part of five championship winning teams national championships if you consider St. Norbert College does it hit you right away that you're a champion right when that that final buzzer sounds or does it take a day to process in your mind yeah it takes a day to process I think you just you got so many emotions and go through that journey and you know uh, when we won our first championship with um, uh, with St. Norbert the men's in 2008 we only had two seniors right and we're just like you know there's, there's no way we got like I think eight to 10 freshmen and it's just like you know you, you need you, you want that senior leadership but we had just had two of the best seniors of that year and Kyle Jones and, and Mark Belanger and they just let they just led you know each and every game and, and then the way they you know you know the way they uh, conducted business and at the end of the day you, your best players have to be your hardest workers and that's the way it was in the Central League we just had a, a really good nucleus of our our leaders our, our, our top top goal scorer uh, Donnie Parsons I just remember just was just extremely hard worker I mean if he scored three goals the next night next day in practice he was the hardest guy working doing extra 
you know, skating, running stairs, and everyone just follows that, right? And and then that just bleeds into the team and the culture. And, and I think that's, you know, when I won those championships, I just realized how hard it is you have to work to stay on top. And once you get the taste of it, you never want to leave it, right? And mm-hmm. I think... Um, you know, you look at the men's uh, program, and when we won that first one, we wanted it back. You know, and and you can't you continue to chase that, and that's what uh, the culture brings when you win. So, what have you learned from your time as a three-time national champion, assistant coach under Tim Coughlin? I mean, that's quite the name to be working for, especially in this area. What have you learned from your time as an assistant coach back in those years? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was just a, obviously a great opportunity uh, when I got into coaching. Uh, I knew I wanted a coach. Uh, I found myself back in this area. My wife opened a business here when I was uh, playing in Memphis. She, um, you know, she's an engineer by trade. It was pretty funny, but ended up opening uh, boutique shops here with her sister. And uh, they got multiple stores in this area. And then um, at that time, um, Luke Strand was the assistant. Uh, those who know Luke Strand has uh, pretty much coached at every level. He's in, he's in the USHL right now with uh, Sioux City and uh, he's been in the American League, but anyways, he left to go to the Gamblers at that time, and it opened the door for me. And I actually, uh, Coach Cog would tell you a great story. Um, I was going to be a Green Knight. I was all set to be a Green Knight. I was going to come here and play my college hockey until I got my Division One opportunity, wow, yeah. right at the end of March, because I was having that great year, like we talked about. Obviously, I took that opportunity to play at Michigan Tech, and you know, when I needed a job, he hired me, right? So he, he, we always have a fun joke about that. So, but I stepped in at a, uh, at that time and just. Again, just, you know, I didn't know what to expect from, from the assistant side, but I knew as a player that I could bring um, um, just that work ethic and you know, maybe that eye for uh, recruiting. And he really allowed me to, you know, grow as an assistant. And, um, you, know, you know, as I got into it, uh, take up more responsibilities. And um, we just started put, putting together really, you know, at that time he had really good teams already. We just couldn't get over the hump. And that's in 2008. Uh, we we did that, but uh, I mean, obviously, I learned so much through Tim. Tim uh, was obviously a great uh, player himself, winning national championships as a player, as an assistant coach. And then when he came here, he had that he had that uh, formula, right? You know, just bringing competition to the lineup. It was all about recruiting, all about getting those athletes that want to come in and, and want, want want to uh, work together for something special. And you know, and like I said, when we won that first one, then it, then it really came that we we had we found that identity and how to win. Are those certain practices that I would imagine so that you try to work into your game as a head coach uh, with your players and your assistant coaches? First off, letting the assistant coaches gradually build into having responsibility. There's a lot of similarities that you try to implement into your coaching game that you learned from Tim. Yeah, absolutely. All my experience is really through, you know, okay. that, that learning years with him. Obviously, when I was it with him and you know for nine years and then and then I left to be a head coach down in Marion for for three and obviously that that experience of bringing that uh, winning formula down there and and like I said it was just really about the recruiting part I mean you just you got to go out and you got to hit the road and you got to have those conversations and build those relationships and, and bring those type of athletes to your program and, and then from there you know it's all about uh, you know you know players finding roles and what it takes to win and, and really building competition in your lineup and you know at the college level um there's just not a lot of games right everything is you know i think that's the hardest part for the, for those athletes coming in it's all about the practice and you got to be at practice and you got to that's where evaluation comes and you got to work each and every day and then you got to go to school on top of that and yep. it doesn't matter if you're in basketball volleyball you know it's just your practice habits have to be spot on and you know you can have tough days in the classroom but how do you get over that and and not you know bring it on the sporting field per se especially in the rink for 
for us and, uh, you know, just bring that uh, work ethic each and every day and, um, you know, getting better each, each and every day, right? Come on, five championships. That means like five rings. You ever wear them? You ever throw them on? You ever have certain flashbacks? You just sit and stare up at the sky and think through these five championship runs. I mean, what sticks out to you over these five championship runs? I don't wear them. I, I wish I I would like to. I, I've seen other coaches that I coached against, uh, in particular Eau Claire. I was down there, and he's wearing he's wearing his only one championship ring, and I was like, man, you know, I, I should probably be wearing mine. And you know, I just for me, it just I just feel humble about it. I just you know, uh, everything every every team is different, and every run was different as a player. Um, you know, I just, I, I remember the grind of playing 60, 70 games that year and, and being the pinnacle at the end and just having an awesome experience as, a, as an assistant coach and putting together those teams and, and working together to find the right mix of lines and, you know, goaltending and, and just the way the guys just, again, went through that journey of each of that year and, 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 and winning, winning the championship and just, you know, I just remember, I remember this day just, you know, hugging each guy and, and going through that process. And then, you know, in 2011, where we played so many good teams and, and, and uh, uh, you know, f- finding a way to win those games that against, uh, I remember in Adrian, I remember winning, losing double overtimes to Norwich. And, you know, you got to go through a, lo- a lot of downs to get to the, to the pinnacle, right? So, yeah, and really um, appreciate them too. Yeah, you really do. So. So you said you were recruited by Tim, which fascinates me that you would later come to work for him, uh, leave the St. Norbert School and go to Marion, and then come back. And So St. Norbert's been part of your life for the last couple decades. How did you first get in touch with Tim Coghlan, the coach? Did you give him a call? Did he give you a call when you were looking for a job? How did that work out? You know, hockey's a small world. Tim actually, you know, he recruited me. He, um, I think he got a lead on me when I was playing in the Alberta League. Um, he had some friends up in, uh, actually, yeah, he had a friend up in, um, in Fort McMurray that he played with, I think, uh, Sean Wheeler, Gus Higdon, and, and they probably gave him some, you know, heads up on, hey, there's there's an un- uncommitted veteran, 20-year-old up in, in, in Fort Mac, and he, uh, uh, you know, probably got, I got on his radar there. Uh, he's actually from um, Salmon Arm, which my dad was living in that area, in the Kelowna area. So I know that when he was on the Korean Trail in BC, uh, obviously Western Canadian boys at the time were were a big draw for him when he took the job here at uh, St. Norbert. And, um, you know, he had a lot of conversations with my dad at the time. And, and uh, we just, you know, started having conversations and sending me information. And like I said, uh, I didn't have much other opportunities, and and I knew the the players that were coming down to St. Norbert. I knew all of them. Like I knew some Alberta League, some BC guys, and I knew that there were some really good players coming this this way. And um, you know, like I said, I was all set to jump on board. And you know, like I said, Michigan Tech calling when I was in in March there, and I went on a visit and said, you know what, I'm going to take that opportunity. So that's how, that's how it kind of went to be for me. That's so interesting to me. Again, you were an assistant coach, St. Norbert College, left to go to Marion, came back as the head coach for the SNC women's team. And something interesting I found looking through research for this interview was that the women's hockey team here hadn't had a winning season over 500 for about five years, five seasons before you got here. And you arrive in your first season and you take them to the playoffs. So what's the key to growing that winning culture and that winning program in, uh, in hockey? Yeah, so I was assistant with the men's side when when the women's program started in 2010, and I saw obviously Rob Morgan come in and, and start that program. And you know they had a really good success early. Um, he had some really recruiting classes that first year, and obviously bringing in 
20 freshmen is tough, right? You're just young and raw. And, um, but they had an opportunity to come in and, you know, by his third, fourth year, I mean, he was, he was making a run. Uh, they won a huge game against river falls that, that year and went on to an NCAA appearance, uh, lost out first round, but you know, you, you saw, you saw that, that program could be successful, right? I was, I was watching that. I wasn't really paying too much attention because I was doing my job with the men's side, but I knew the success of the women's. And then, and then obviously uh, stepping away at Marion and, and, and a new coach comes in and just didn't have the same success, right? But uh, coming back and, and I knew in this job, I was actually out of hockey uh, for a couple of years. I stepped away from the men's program uh, just to be with family and, and, and uh, you know, taking care of my family at that time. And, uh, but I knew I, I missed it. I really missed coaching and I wanted to be back into it. I was trying to find a way, how can I, how can I get back into being a coach and a recruiter? And um, so I was looking around and, and I was coaching my daughter's youth hockey teams. She was playing hockey at the U14, U16 level and I was coaching them. And we had some good uh, you know, players in this area and made a state run with her youth program. And, and all of a sudden, uh, Meredith left to a uh, Division One program and you know, I, I, I wasn't interested in time. I didn't know if St. Norbert really wanted me back, Tony. I, I was really like, I wanted to put my name in, but I didn't know. So the first process run, went around. They didn't find their hire. You know, they missed out on a couple of uh, candidates. Um, and then all of a sudden, I, got, I was sitting at the kitchen table in the morning. Got a text from Tim Bald. Said, hey, would you be interested in this? And I said, absolutely, I'm in. So we had a meeting and went through a process of the interview. And I was just very fortunate. I was just like, man, I'm back in and, and I love this. I'm, and I'm going to savor every moment of this. I'm, I'm going to relish every moment that I have because I missed it so much. And I inherited that team that year. And uh, I knew that there was some work to get done. We were light rostered. I thought we, we could definitely use some more talent. And we recruited hard. Uh, Clay was on staff with me. Clay Van Dees, a former, yeah, yeah, down at uh, MSUE. And a fantastic recruiter. He's just a really good relationship guy. And, um, you know, he, he brought in some really good recruits for me. And uh, we knew that we had a good nucleus coming in. COVID hit. Didn't, uh, didn't see what we had that one year, uh, last year. And then, uh, you know, we had another good class coming in. He exits. I bring in Morgan Stacy. Uh, same thing. Just relentless recruiter. Good relationship. Good eye. Uh, but we had we have a good nucleus coming in with this year freshman class, you know, with the Hogans, you know, and 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 um, you know we just got some really good athletes, um, you know, Ross, just, you know, there's just some we have a good mix of players, and and no, we we came to this year, Tony, not knowing what we had, but let's go play, let's go have fun, fun, and see what shakes out, and um, you know, putting 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 together a pretty good little season this year. The text from Tim Bald for you to come back and interview. It was so interesting to me because I actually had a question here that I was going to ask you. What do you remember from that interview process with Tim Ball to come back and be the head coach? Was there anything in the interview particularly that was said that you're like, this is probably my job or this is something that makes me nervous or worries me as I step into this role? What do you remember from that interview process? Tony, I, I went in there and said, I'm, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. I can, I can sell St. Norbert better than anybody, any other candidate you have. All right. I, I know why St. Norbert is is where it's at with this athletics teams because the resources that we have here and, and all the new buildings and the sports center, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the academic standards that we have, the admissions, you know, the relationships I have on campus. And just, I knew that if I can get a recruit on campus, you know, 
especially when we were at the men's side that we, we, we can sell this program. And, and obviously the men's side, they had the winning championships. And if you want to be part of something special, then come to St. Norbert. I think that's the thing with, you know, the men's side, right? You, 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 if you want to be a championship and you want to learn the championship way, come here. Um, you know, we, we, we don't get every recruit. I know they, they don't win everyone because some guys get scared. Like, where are they going to fit in the lineup? Where's my opportunity? But if you want the championship guy that comes from a championship program, and they're like, yep, this is where I want to be. I'll earn my ice time and I'll find a way to be a part of this. Then that's the type of player you're getting. Where the women's side, you know, I, like I said, I knew I could recruit and, and bring that athlete here and, and you know, bring that uh, player that wants to be a part of something special. Right. And we were not there yet, but I knew that we were going to get here this year. I, we're here. I would say um, I'm a little surprised that we're having this great a year because I just didn't really know. But I just remember that interview process. I just I felt like, you know, Tim, I know you're you're interviewing me, but uh, I'm your guy. And I knew that I could do something special here. Your seniors on the team of Kennedy Kicker and Hannah Hickman. Give a send off to them when uh, their time is up here at St. Norbert College. Just so proud of them, you know. I mean, they've been through a lot. They've been through some coaching changes, right? Um, you know, they, you know, I come in and it's just a different vibe. It's a different feel. It's tough. I, I remember going through that when I was a college coach. Uh, I mean, a college player at Michigan Tech. I I got recruited by, you know, one coach, and then I came in as a freshman, and, and a new staff comes in, and you you just don't know what they think about you, and and um, you know where do you fit and. You know, we've had some changes in our lineup and, and Hannah and, and, and Kennedy have done a great job of just being really good leaders. Hannah is my, my captain and, you know, she's, a, she's just a silent uh, um, lead by example. You know, she's not a rah-rah person, but uh, that's what I need. I just want her to come in and, and work hard and, and, and just, you know, show the way. And like I said, they've, they've been through a lot and um, to have this type of season for them, and I'm just glad they're, they're along for the ride right now and, and contributing when they, where they can. And, um, you know, I, at the end of the day, Tony, I feel like we have the team that, uh, you know, we can beat anybody. We, we proved it. We proved that we can beat the Augsburgs, top Mayak. I You know, going into Eau Claire, number three team in the nation. I didn't think we were ready, to be honest. I, I didn't tell the girls that, but I just said, <laughs> we're, we're not ready to win this game. We're not, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. I thought we closed the gap. And uh, just that performance that we had on that Saturday, we get beat 6-1 on Friday and just come back and just like to have that, uh, that moment and you know that type of effort was just so special. I told them after the game, like I've been through a lot of good hockey games and won national championships. That effort was, I've never seen anything else like that. And I thought, I thought we, we arrived there and, and I feel like you know we can get off the bus right now and beat any team right now and, and that feel that's a good feeling for context I don't pull this quote out of the air I have done some research on you and I know this means something to you practice does not make perfect only perfect practice makes perfect how does that Vince Lombardi quote play a role in your coaching philosophy yeah like I like I talked about you know it, it all happens in practice right all your habits you know we, we can talk about all the on ice we can and, and, and bringing, bringing that work ethic to each and every practice, but it's the off ice, you know, it's, 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 it's getting in the gym with our, with our strength coach, Chase M. Now, when, when we brought Chase in on the men's side in 2008, we won our first championship. It was just, it was that, it was that off ice commitment led to our on ice success in the classroom too. We always talk about in the classroom when I, when I took this women's job over, we had two all NCHA all academic players and, and every other team had like six to eight well that's not good enough right and now we got eight to ten girls that are all 
all academic success, right? So there's a correlation. So we talk about that. We talk about, you know, you know, winning in the classroom and that will, you know, lead to online success. And, and like I said, it's just, it's, it's your habits day to day and, and getting that stress out of your life and making sure you, you take care of your priorities uh, first. And, um, and we feel that's going to lead to success on ice. In working some of these hockey games, because I'll public address announce them, I have a couple questions that arise in my mind of how you work things. And on the topic of your coaching philosophy, I think it's a perfect time to rattle off some questions to you. So first off, what emphasis do you place on your starting lineup? Because I know that once that puck drops, maybe you'll go to one side and the other, then they're going to come off the ice. So what emphasis is there in that starting lineup? I like to match up a little bit. I like to, especially at home, and I know yeah. we're getting the lineup to you guys, and I like to see who's starting for them, and you know, uh, is it their top line? Then I usually like to match it and just make sure I'm going head to head, and and we really talk about having fast starts, and you know, our start in Aurora on Monday was we got the three nothing lead, and we haven't had a lead like that uh, uh, in a while, so you know, it's just it's a little bit of gamesmanship, I would say. Um, I, I really like to try to get you know, different uh, starters so that uh, it's just something special for the ladies, you know. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I just I want to make sure I want a good start. I don't want to be chasing the game and, you know, um, and, and for me, I just try to try to do a line matchup so that uh, at least we're, you know, you know, make, keeping it simple and, and, and just, you know, winning the puck and, and like I said, setting that tone early. So what does dictate that substitution or line change for you and your hockey team? Is it when you go down and come back or go down again? Is it when someone gets tired? What dictates that substitution? Yeah, we talk about that a lot. We talk about alarm bells in our head. Like, you know, we talk about our shift lengths all the time because at the end of the day, when you're, when you're extending your shifts and you get stuck out, and now if you ice the puck, you can't get off. Um, you know, that's when mistakes happen. It really does. We got burnt. Uh, we lost a game against Lake Forest where we uh, got stuck on a, a long line change. We iced the puck. Uh, and then we end up losing a draw and you know, all of a sudden it's in the back of our net. And we still had time to, you know, tie that game. But at the end of the day, we, did, we didn't. We didn't. We lost that game. And so that, those are learning moments for our team that we just talk about, uh, you know, a typical hockey shift playing, playing at our level would be 30 seconds to 45 seconds. Anything longer than that, Tony, we feel we got to get a line change and mistakes are going to happen. And, and um, you know, so those, those are things that we really stress in our locker room. Tell me what significance there is, if there is any, to the different rink sizes in hockey. From women's, I know they play on the bigger one here at St. Norbert, and the men play on the small one. What's the significance in that difference? Well, as you know, we, we play in a larger sheet. We play in the Olympic sheet. Yep. So, the Olympic um, Pavilion, though. Yeah, Olympic Pavilion, yeah. So we're 200 by 100, uh, a lot more room, uh, obviously, the width-wise. Um, you know, it, it's something that we do, you need to take advantage of. It's a different game, for sure. You know, when we go into smaller uh, rinks, it takes us a little time to have a, you know, making quicker decisions and getting the puck off our stick or things happen a little faster with board checks and, um, you know, we're the, we're one of two, uh, you know, rinks that have the Olympic Marion and Fond du Lac, they have Olympic size sheets. So, um, it does change the complexion a little bit, you know, uh, of the game and, and it just takes a lot more angles and, and patience sometimes, but, you know, uh, but yeah, you, you know, when I took over the Marion, we had the Olympic sheet and it, it, we wanted that, uh, you know, that faster, that skating ability to utilize that sheet. And, and that's kind of the same thing with our, with the women's, you know, I always look at the fundamentals first of skating. Can they, can that, you know, the can that player get around the rink? And, yeah. you know, uh, I think that's, 
you know, something that we, we take pride in when we recruit. And then, and then from there is the intangibles of obviously uh, stick skills and hockey sense and com- competitive and character and all that. So, so yeah, the Olympic sheet does play a factor. That's a perfect transition into my next question about the stick skills and, and all of that. What's the key to a successful penalty kill? I think, well, first of all, you, you got to have girls that are committed to playing on the defensive side, right? And I think um, for them, it was pretty interesting early is that, you know, some of them felt like Pelly Kill wasn't a, a, a top spot or uh, a flashy spot. Everyone wants to be on the power play, right? Score the goals. But what I've really taught them is that PK, you've, you've earned the ultimate trust of your coach, right? So you're, you're working on the little things of winning face-offs and getting possessions. And, and when the puck is on your stick, can you clear the puck? You know, can you sacrifice? You're willing to block a shot. Those are just little intangibles that you earn a lot of trust that way. And that's where you earn your extra ice time. I talked to my ladies all about everyone's going to have an opportunity to play 5-5, but how do you earn extra ice time? You know, can you be a power play player? Can you be a PK player? And I think our girls are learning that, yeah, I, I want to be on the ice in those crucial spots, you know. You know, can I win face-offs? A good PK is understanding what the other power plays want to do. What where do they want to shoot from? Where is their skill players? And and really thinking about okay, where do I need the pressure, and how do I not try to overcommit in certain spots? And I was a PK guy. I I, I came out of junior hockey and I was scoring a lot of goals, and I thought I was this high flying goal scorer. And I learned right away I I can't play those spots, so I better find ice time somewhere. So I'm going to be a checking center, and I'm going to win faceoffs. I'm going to be a PK guy. So I really, for me as a coach, I take a lot of pride in that, and I love players that take a lot of pride in the PK side. And like I said, it's just it's just winning battles and and winning loose puck battles, and and, and really making sure that you're taking care of your defensive responsibilities, and and then a lot of video and a lot of work and practice, and you know finding who's going to win those roles. Talk to me about those face-offs because to a casual fan who sees them, they must just think, oh, it's whatever this other team won. What's the significance and importance of winning a face-off? Oh, man, it, it, it's huge. It's just huge. I mean, you look at the highest level and you watch the NHL, you, you can see a face-off play every play. And, and I tell you, you can win or lose a game so fast. You know, in the men's side, we brought in a lot of great face-off plays and I watched them and I love watching the men's execute those to a T. And, and I remember winning a national cha- uh, or a championship with the Central the Central uh, League and we won a face-off play. We we did a little um, uh, little D-switch down the wall, threw a puck on net. It was the design play and, and we scored off of that. So I always embrace face-off plays. And uh, I just think if you're on the same page and you're engaging, that means you're ready to go right you're, you're on your toes and and you're thinking right away when that puck drops what I, what do i gotta do when i win it and lose it and i think that engage right away for our ladies is something that you know we're focused right off that draw it's the immediate reaction that is so important you're relying on their yeah. ability to see in that yeah game. and we talk about all the time being ready to play you know being ready to play and right from that drop of puck be on your toes and and not waiting right so it's just that's a more of a focus thing for us I know you've mentioned in this interview that you give a lot of trust to your assistant coaches to go recruit. But for you as a recruiter, what's your key to recruiting? You seem to me, like just by that Tim Bald question in the interview, you seem like a persuasive man. Does that play a role in your recruiting when you would go out and tell a player, sell them on St. Norbert, this is where you're going to win a national championship? Like I said, I love coaching. I love recruiting. I have a passion for coaching, and I have a passion for St. Norbert. And I, I, I... you know, I really love this place, and I think when recruits get on campus and, you know, parents are with them, I, I think I think they see, you know, what I'm trying to build here and the vision I have and, and the passion I have for, 
you know, St. Norbert's and, uh, you know, the experience that this, uh, you know, these athletes are going to have and, and the students that we have on campus and the education they're going to get. I think that's obviously our number one sell is, is life after hockey. Right. And I think, uh, you know, for them to getting that education, moving on into the real world, that's, that's our number one priority. And that's what we sell here. And, you know, when we walk them through campus, it's all about you know, what's campus life look like as a, as a student and, and as an athlete. And you walk in these buildings, like the new science building and the library and, the cafeteria and you're just like there's a wow factor there and and then obviously you get the athletic side there's there's more of a wow especially in the sports center and then you know we get to our rink and our facilities and our and our strength coach and and what we have to offer to get better as a as a person and as an athlete I think you know I think that's that's the recruiting side and I you know and I and I, I hold no punches against right yeah. you know, so when I go after someone I and I sell them like you got to visit campus you got to get on campus if you're serious about this and and from there I think that that's where recruiting takes over so yeah for me it's you know I don't feel nervous going into it you know I was a young coach I used to be like "Ah, do I really want to bother this kid or do I want to fall up with him but that's what you do man you you sell you 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 keep you keep grinding it and you you stay in those guys ears and once you get them on campus you feel like you you have a really good opportunity yeah that persistence is the key I suppose yeah we're towards the back end of this interview now, AJ. Yeah. I have a couple more questions before we get to our 60-second segment. Talk to me about your relationship with the Green Bay area hockey teams and how your training facility of Route 1 Hockey plays a role with them. What intentions were you did you have in mind? What goals did you have when you put all of that together? It was funny. The, the, the whole Route 1 thing was just, you know, I have three kids that played hockey at the time, and I was getting frustrated that they – I wish they would do more away from the ice, you know, and, and – and, you know, I think, you know, you just can't get better just going to practice, you know, once or twice a week, right? Um, so I felt like we didn't need to put uh, time in and I had all these shooting aids and I had all the tarps at home and they just weren't using it. So I thought, yeah, maybe I should maybe look at something maybe away from the rink and, and how these kids, uh, how my kids could get better. And all of a sudden it just like clicked on me like, well, maybe there's other kids out there that want more. They want, they want instruction and maybe families just they don't, they haven't grown up with hockey around them. So they don't know how to teach their kids. And it just kind of evolved for me that, you know what, maybe I should do something, uh, a training facility away from it. And it just really kind of took off on me. And, um, it's great that, you know, parents just want some instruction for the kids and, and learning that technique, you know, cause it's a lot when you, you got to skate, you got to learn how to skate. And all of a sudden now you got a stick in your hand. Now you got a puck in your hand. And, you know, the game of hockey is, it's not easy. And I think that's what you know you know parents have to realize that especially when they're watching their young kids is this that the game is not easy all right so you you know everyone gets emotionally attached to it when they're watching their kids play but you know at the end of the day it's just there's there's a lot of coordination that comes with hockey especially on those thin blades and it's fast and decisions are made so if you can separate the skating and the stick skills and, and work on that and then you can tie it in once you get on the ice I think that's kind of how I looked at it Obviously, the youth hockey piece. I've been been in this area for a lot of years, Tony, and I've built the right relationships. I've I've gone through the gamut of youth hockey to tier one hockey to the junior gamblers, and now, you know, back at youth hockey and now girls hockey. I've got my oldest daughter played. Now I got a younger daughter that plays and has a huge passion for it. I got a I got a son that's going to be a high schooler and kind of you know taught him and coached him all the way up and. You know, it's just been a huge part of my life every weekend. And like me and my wife are at the rink, whether it's St. Norbert or it's with, it's, it's with my kids. Right. And it's been hockey nonstop. So, you know, the relationships we've built in this area, 
you know, the people that we've met, um, you can, I don't know if you see it, but like the women, the girls programs here are just booming. Um, there's been some fantastic coaches here. You, you look at the Bradford family who's, you know, uh, coach Bradford, he's, he's a St. Norbert alum. He's a principal here. He's been a part of, you know, USA hockey for a long time. And, you know, he's obviously got daughters that play and, um, you know, there's just, you know, the growth of the, the I guess the, the, the girls hockey here has just been, it's been great. The high school program's doing awesome. You know, they're having a great season as well. Uh, I got guys like Joey Girardin, who's got, who's put a lot of time into the youth programs here. And then obviously with the, we, we want, we want obviously the men's and the women's, you know, uh, players out there, you know, to be around these kids and because at the end of the day, we want these kids to be out at our games and supporting us. So if they have a, you know, a name to a face, then they want to be out there supporting us. And right. that's what it's all about. What bird the name wrote one? So route one, um, so you, you think about, uh, Canada yep. and, and the, the number one highway, the trans Canada highway. Yep. Um, so it runs from basically all the way to Vancouver, <laughs> All the way to the East Coast. You can yeah. take that highway all the way across. And, you know, in the route, talking about how the path to get to success, really, right? It's, it's what you need to do. It's, it's the off-ice training. It's, it's, your, it's the extra training that you put in. And the, the route one is just, you know, the little tie into Canada and the highway and, and what you need to, you know, the take, you know, the path you need to take. It's a long journey, man. Like yeah. you go from coast to coast. I'm telling you, it's a long haul. It'll so, take you <laughs> yeah. 60 seconds with AJ Aitken. AJ, I'm going to rapid fire questions at you. It's going to take 60 seconds. You'll just fire me uh, answers back. So are you ready for 60 seconds with AJ Aitken? I think so. I'll do my best. <laughs> when I start the timer, I'm going to fire a question off at you, and you just uh, will rattle it from there. Favorite family activity for your wife and three children? Board games. Obviously, we love watching our kids play uh, sports. If you could take your family trip anywhere in the world, where would the Aitkens go? Oh boy, uh, I'd like to say uh, New Zealand. Hmm. Describe your daughter's junior American Ninja Warrior experience in just one word. Amazing. Favorite victory meal? Uh, steak. Favorite drill in practice to run? Uh, compete drills. Worst winters in Fort McMurray or Wisconsin? Uh, definitely Fort McMurray. Most beautiful winter activity to see in Canada, an ice castle or the Northern Lights? Northern Lights. Favorite Pier area restaurant? Nikki's. What did you want to be when you were young? Uh, I want to be an NHL player. Favorite pro sports team? The Edmonton Oilers. That was 60 seconds with AJ Aiken. You did great. I mean, we found a groove, and we were really hustling and bustling through some of those questions. <laughs> uh, the one that I do want to elaborate further on with you while we just have a moment here is that junior American Ninja Warrior run. I mean, not everybody can say that they have a daughter that can do that, and you described it as amazing. Elaborate further. You know, I just, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she's just, she's just, she's special. You know, she's a, she's a hard worker. She, she's very passionate. And, um, I remember she walked into that, uh, warrior jungle gym and, and, um, she just right from there, she loved it. She's got a gymnast background and it was just a crazy story where, uh, my wife saw an application to get on the show and she's like, well, let's try it. She's got a great story. My daughter was a preemie. She was like two pounds when she was born, and oh, wow. um, she's really a miracle for us. And she, uh, you know, to you know, to see her now and, and the strength that she um, uh, she is, and, and you know, you you can see the physical strength, but the mental strength as well. And 
you know, she's got a great backstory. And you, when you get to those shows, Tony, that's what they look for. They're looking for that, yeah. that, that, that show piece. What could sell the show? Mm-hmm. And I think they saw that. She had a little hockey background. Yeah. Um, and then um, we got to that show in Las Vegas. I uh, know Los Angeles, sorry. And um, it was her first competition. It was Ninja versus Ninja. And uh, it was a great, it was a great, I don't know if you've ever been on a TV production, but it was just, it was a quite the production. And um, it was funny. I was there and I was on the sidelines and I had my St. Norbert hockey shirt on. Yeah. And this, the producer comes up and he's like, St. Norbert hockey. He's like, the Johnnies are better. I'm like, the Johnnies. <laughs> like, so he, uh, he had a hockey tie. And um, so anyways, I, you know, we, the minute that she went through that, she had a great experience. She obviously, she didn't win it, but. You, you can see the determination in her eyes and she's like, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to, I want to get better at this sport. And, uh, I mean, she trains, uh, two days a week with Ninja Warrior. She, she pole vaults now and, um, you know, she's just so super strong and she's been in a lot of competitions and I could see her trying to compete, maybe get on the show, uh, when she's an adult. Um, she's just as strong as those, as you watch yeah. those shows, she's just as strong as those those uh, older athletes and um, those younger, uh, those young kids that are winning the shows now, those are the kids that were there at the show at 13, 14 are now the best in the world. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's, she's right there. But um, yeah, like I said, it was just an amazing experience. Amazing, I think is the right word for yeah. it. What a great story that that is. I do want to ask you uh, to elaborate again. We started the interview talking about Fort McMurray. You said it's worse winters and the better Canada experience to watch is the uh, Northern Lights. Why to both of those questions? Where's Winter's Northern Lights? Well, you just, you know, got the sun dancing off the, uh, I guess, what is it, the ice, right? Up in yeah. northern, north, even northern uh, Fort McMurray. And you, you just take it for granted. I remember just the sky lighting up, green, blue. You just, t- tons of, the, the lights are just, you know, bouncing off. And, you know, um, there's so, I had so many good memories. I mean, obviously the winters were extremely cold. I remember waking up when it was dark going to school and you know all of a sudden out of school it's dark you know and then the summer times it was light pretty much all day you know working at the golf course i wouldn't leave the golf course after 11 o'clock and kicking people off because the sun was still out and um you know there was just you know like i said the winters were, were really rough um but you learn to live with it and um you know and, and those those lights you know you again you take it for granted but um you know when you see them it's just spectacular I have one last question for you, Coach Aitken, and I want you to take some time to answer it as genuinely as possible. What motivates you? Uh, I think just, you know, going to the rink every day. I think, you know, with, with my athletic team, it's, um, you know, the winning culture, being a part of the men's winning national championship there, I think there's no doubt we can do it here with the women's program. And that's that's my motivation. You know, we're, we're, we're putting the steps in place. We've got some great athletes right now. You look at the season that Morgan Olson's putting in, you know the goal scorer that she is. She's 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 an, she's an All Conference player. She's a she's an All American player, and then you got pieces around her. All right, I mean you've got you got uh, our goaltending is very competitive. You know Bryn has had a great season. Um, she's a special goaltender. Um, Ashley did a great job uh, coming in, um, and then obviously we got a junior in Evie. I mean our goaltending is very strong. It's very competitive. Um, our forwards, we have a great mix up front. Uh, we could continue to add to these pieces with our recruiting class. We're really excited about our recruiting class coming in. Um, but I'm not looking ahead right now. I'm looking at the now. I, I think we can get off the bus at any rank and beat, beat anybody at this point in time because, you know, I think our girls have a taste of success right now. Um, have you learned how to win yet? We'll see. 
you know, we've got a big test heading into Adrian, but that's my motivation is, is winning a, winning a championship with this program and getting to that pinnacle. Obviously, uh, my kids, you know, um, you know, my, my daughter is a junior and she's going to be a senior next year. And, you know, it's, it happens fast and, you know, you're just trying to create good habits for them and, and, and your kids. And, you know, obviously, uh, my family is very important to me. And, uh, I think it's at the end of the day, it's, it's, uh, Green Bay is a great place to be at. And, you know, I'm just having fun joining this ride right now. Appreciate the time a lot, Coach Aiken. I really enjoyed this interview. I wish you the best of luck in the rest of this season and in your time as a head coach here at St. Norbert College with the Women's Hockey Program. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Tony. It's been fun. It was the Tony G Show interviews, AJ Aitken. Thank you for listening to the Tony G Show interviews. We wish Aitken continued success with the Green Knights Women's Hockey Program as they conclude their regular season play in the coming weeks. For more from myself and the Tony G Show, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and visit TonyGNation.com. Thanks again for listening to the Tony G Show interviews, AJ Aitken.